Our editors have packed up their laptops, recorders, and cameras for a trip back to their hometowns. They're visiting familiar places and people with one big question. Does this still feel like home? I'm Natalina Sents, digital content editor for Successful Farming, and your host of the Hometown Podcast series. Support for the Successful Farming Podcast comes from Are you looking for new advanced technology for your farm operation? Need some advice on managing your farm or tips on finding the best machinery prices? You'll find all this and more in Successful Farming Magazine. Subscriptions are available online at agriculture.com. Visit agriculture.com and complete your subscription to Successful Farming Magazine today. That's Jody Hankey from Successful Farming. With butterflies in her stomach, she's met some longtime family friends at the Mill Creek Cafe in Clarence, Iowa. Jody graduated from Clarence Loudon High School in 1982. Today, she's back in her hometown, and these are people she's known all her life. But this get together over lunch is a little different. This is an interview for her latest successful farming assignment. And you know, it's a weird feeling to sit down and interview people you've known your whole life. I've been with Successful Farming for 11 years and done thousands of interviews. And heck, I host a national radio show. But oddly enough, this trip made me nervous in ways that never does. Jody is with her friend, Len Butterbrot, and her parents, Bob and Phyllis Hunwardson. The Hunwardson family has lived in Clarence since 1921. The Hunwardsons go way back to uh, relationships with my grandparents. My grandparents were friends with Lynn's grandparents, and my parents were friends with her parents. She and I are friends, our brothers are friends. So yeah, our families go way back together. Bob and his family have been builders in the Clarence area for several generations. It seems like just about every street in town has a house that the Hunwardsons built. In fact, uh, Bob Hunwardson, my friend Lynn's father, he built our house in, oh gosh, the early 1970s. We live out of, just outside of town on an acreage, and um, he and his dad, Herman, built our house. Jody's talking about her childhood home. Well, my dad started, I think, in the early 40s, and he retired in 75, and I took over, and I retired in 2000, and Mark took it over then. That's Bob. Although Bob never farmed, he remembers the trying times the 80s brought to agriculture and the community as a whole. High interest rates impacted his business, too. Bob's business slowed through the 80s, but with some adjustments, the family was able to avoid disaster. Well, we uh, decided to venture out to keep our help busy. We decided to try to build a couple spec houses and sell them. And it worked out okay. It wasn't the best investment, but it was. It worked out. The interest was high for us. But we, we were able to keep all our help busy and... They had families, and so we wanted to do what we could for them. Some other business owners, including farmers, weren't so well prepared. We'll be back to learn about those residents of Jody's hometown and where they are today after this short break. Stay with us. 
latest ag news, markets, weather, and more when you sign up for today's news from Successful Farming. Register at agriculture.com newsletter for today's news, the free Successful Farming e-newsletter. Once a day, you'll get an email packed with relevant news hitting the ag industry online and around the nation, along with the three big things happening today. Visit agriculture.com newsletter to subscribe to today's news from Successful Farming. Welcome back. I'm Natalina Sense with Successful Farming. You're listening to the Successful Farming Podcast. In this episode, we're visiting the hometown of Jody Henke to see how Clarence has clawed back from the 80s farm crisis. Here's Jody again. I remember graduating from Iowa State, getting my first job, and gosh, it was exciting. But at the same time, I felt helpless as I watched the farm crisis begin to take its toll on my hometown. Um, I saw families really going through some rough times. I saw farms going under. Around that time, interest rates were in the double digits. USDA reported there were 1,402 Cedar County farms in 1978. About 10 years later, in 1987, Cedar County had 232 less farms. The trend has continued. Most recently, the 2012 Census of Agriculture shows just 955 farms remain in Cedar County. Lynn Butterbrot, my friend, remembers watching that decline happen during the 13 years she did taxes for farmers in the area. I was doing tax returns in the mid-80s, and I remember some specific years where there were a lot less farmers' tax returns. That's Lynn. Over a slice of coconut pie, she explains. There were a lot of farmers that did not survive or were not classified as farmers because they went off of the farm and farmed and did another job as well. Talking to people in the Clarence community, it's clear the impact of the 80s still lingers. We had dear family friends, duels, who lost their crop and livestock farm during that time, and it was a hard thing to watch. When Mark Duell's family had to stop farming in the 80s, his dream of farming ended too. I was born and raised on the farm. Um, and I had plans of doing that someday. That's Mark. Um, but when the crisis went through and, and it just didn't go so well for, for us and our family at the time, um, I still liked agriculture because um, that's all I've ever done. But Mark didn't let the hard times stop him. I knew I wasn't going to go farm on my own. So I just decided to, to pursue a career in some type of agriculture and it wound up here. For Mark... The next best thing besides farming was getting a job working with farmers at the Clarence Co-op. That was 27 years ago, and now the Clarence Co-op is a branch of River Valley Cooperative, and Mark works as a location manager. Over his career, Mark has seen a lot of change in agriculture and his local community. He says farms are less diverse, and there's not as much livestock in Cedar County as there used to be, and the farms that do still have animals are bigger but you don't see the livestock we used to see. Um, you know, there's not somebody raising 20 head of pigs out there anymore on an outside lot, not very many of them if there are. Um, a lot of confinements on hog buildings. The people that have cattle usually have a fair amount, you know. USDA Census of Agriculture data for Cedar County says about the same thing. From 1987 to 2012, the number of hogs dropped from 270,000 to 200,000. 
that's a 25% decrease. The same is true for other livestock sectors over that same 25 years. Cattle numbers plummeted 70%, sheep head count went down 65%, and the chicken population dropped 67%. With the big changes in farming, agriculture businesses have had to adapt too. I would say as River Valley, we've probably some, we've had to grow some bigger facilities to um, stay ahead of some of your bigger equipment that it's coming to um, in the farming industry, at least in this area. Technology like auto steer and precision planting capabilities are also changing the business of farming. Bigger machinery equipped with more technology is allowing a fewer number of farmers to cover more ground. We don't have as many farmers, so the ones that still are farming are probably, they're all growing their equipment, growing their acres. Farms that are left in the Clarence area are growing, and although the population seems to hover around 1,000, Mark says he's seeing signs of growth in town too. Well, they got some people in here in Clarence now that really are trying to do more for the town. they got that Main Street um, grant, wasn't it? Or they're, and I think they got some great ideas. Look at our park. I mean, our park's beautiful. Um, they're doing a lot of neat stuff there. They, you know, we have a farmer's market now, um, which came up in the last couple of years. Just new stuff they're trying and trying to bring people back into town to do stuff. And I think it's working. Mark is talking about the Main Street America project Clarence has participated in since 2017. You may not know this, but the Clarence Main Street is especially unique. Highway 30 is Main Street, and it slows down to go through, of course, the center of town. This is also known as the Lincoln Highway, which crosses the entire United States. Now, Clarence is just one of two towns in the state of Iowa uh, where Highway 30 is considered Main Street. Now, rumor has that the other town is uh, possibly going to create a bypass, so Clarence may be totally unique eventually. Locals remember when driving the Lincoln Highway was a popular activity for car clubs. And before Interstate 80 was built, traffic had to come through downtown Clarence. Local folks tell me that back in the day, there used to be several gas stations and even two hotels in town. There were how many gas stations and there was a Ford dealership. Most of that is gone though. Today, there's not even a grocery store in town. But since so many people work out of town, residents have adapted. Everyone got used to going out of town for it. And I'm not sure how a grocery store would actually do here right now because we do have a lot of folks who live or who work out of town. I'm one of them. When I go past a Hy-Vee or a fairway, I stop. That's Lynn Butterbrot, the tax preparer, again. Bob Hundwardson's wife, Phyllis, agrees not having a grocery store isn't a big deal to her anymore. We buy groceries wherever we happen to be. I mean, we buy in Cedar Rapids, we buy in Mount Vernon, we go to Joey's, we go to Tipton, we go to Coons Corner, you know, occasionally. That's Phyllis. But back to the Main Street project Mark brought up. As part of that program, in 2008, the town was awarded a $100,000 grant to renovate a building downtown. 
That money will be spent fixing up the Clarence Motor Building. It's nearly 100 years old, and as a kid, I remember it being Lehigh's Cafe. It's a place we always went after school or after football games to have a really good shake. These days, the building is home to the Mill Creek Cafe. The Mill Creek Cafe, it's not a big cafe. It's a cozy place that um, has homemade food, and each day there is a special. You can order from maybe two or three specials, and then you can order from a dessert. Again, they're all homemade, and uh, the gals who work there own the place, and they make everybody feel like they're at home when they come in. And, you know, when you do walk in, you see always see people you know. So it's always a noisy place because everybody's talking to everybody else, and you got the clanging of the dishes. It's a very welcoming place to go into for people to gather and just sit and have a cup of coffee or a piece of pie or a tenderloin on Thursdays or whatever, whatever strikes. Oh, there's nothing like homemade pie in a small town cafe. The Mississippi mud pie was delicious, chocolatey, gooey, just the way I like it. Jamie Wheelhow and Marcia Searing opened the restaurant eight years ago. In addition to their homestyle meals and the weekly tenderloin day, Mill Creek Cafe has become a popular meeting spot and caterer. Jamie and Marcia explain. We do a lot of class reunions. We do um, a lot of 90th birthdays. <laughs> We've had a few of those. Graduation um, parties. Graduation parties, yeah. So it kind of varies. The cafe regularly hosts a ladies card club, too. We have ladies that play cards probably once a month. We have a group of ladies that come in and what they do is eat dessert and coffee, and then they play cards the rest of the afternoon. We just leave them. <laughs> and then we come back and lock up. With the help of the grant from the Iowa Economic Development Authority, the entrepreneurial women hope to add more to the building. Marsha explains. Our hopes are um, to at least have one or two businesses in the front part of the building, and then we'd really like to make the back part of the building into an event center that people can rent. Tammy Finley is the Main Street Director for Clarence. She explains the purpose of the grant is to spur other improvements along Main Street. But much like, you know, in your own home, you cut your grass and the neighbor says, oh, now my yard looks like crap, I better cut my grass, and then it just says a trickle down. That's that one of the hope. catalytic parts, mm -hmm. too, is that they hope to, mm -hmm. you know, show what can be done in a building and then what a difference it makes not only in the community but then for the individual businesses. That's Tammy. It's so exciting to talk to people who have dreams for the future of Clarence. Tammy says she has goals of seeing every building on Main Street filled. And local leaders and business folks are planning a vintage car museum and to reconstruct the long-gone band shell. I remember really good concerts in an old band shell that used to sit between a grocery store and a sundry store. It's these sort of things that make Jody proud to be from small-town Iowa and optimistic for the survival of Clarence. I'm really encouraged to see all the efforts that are going into revitalizing all the businesses along Main Street and getting people involved rather than just maybe one or two people, you know, doing the whole thing. Tammy says she hears residents are feeling encouraged by the recent projects, too. Somebody made a comment that for the first time in a long time, we were pulling together for a, a similar cause. Thanks to the community's teamwork, so many positive things are happening. I really see an effort, a concerted effort, to, um, to bring in these new businesses. And you know, it's not just the storefronts, but it's also the little things. They put uh, containers of flowers out and painting and all kinds of things to really make it a beautiful centerpiece of town. And they've also redone the community park. They've added 
a walking trail. They've added trees. They've added lamps. They've added a veterans memorial. Beautiful, beautiful memorial to the veterans there. And um, I see things just continuing in the future. If this momentum continues, Tammy sees how this could snowball into so many more positive changes for the community. If the businesses are doing well in town and every building is full, then that means more money for the school district, which means it's a stronger, has a stronger draw for people. And with open enrollment, you know, you can pretty much go wherever you want. Dennis Fisher is another citizen who's been working hard to improve the community. He's optimistic, too. There's so much entrepreneurial spirit right now. That's Dennis. There are so many people out there that want to have a mini brewery. They want to roast their own coffee beans. There's a lot of that emphasis right now. And those people are looking for a place to go because they can't afford to go maybe in a, a little strip mall in West Des Moines. You know, that kind of thing. That link, if, if that link was successful, I think all this groundwork would just explode. Again, in a good way. <laughs> I mean, it, you know, the growth, would, it would happen. Even though Jody moved away years ago, it's the people with excitement and a vision who make Clarence still feel like home to her. I go back home to visit family, and uh, I'll go into town to one of the restaurants or something and see the people I grew up with or their parents, and uh, especially when I go back to church, the church I grew up in, I see all those families uh, who go back generations, and it's kind of a warm, fuzzy feeling because you, at that point, you feel like you really haven't left because they still know you, they still care for you, and that's part of growing up in a small town. My own family goes back decades in Clarence, and uh, my grandfather started a business. He started the, the Chapman Funeral Home. My dad then took it over from him, and now my brother is running the business, and uh, his son, my nephew, joined him just a few years ago. And um, it's nice to know people in town, um, and they know you, and so they, they know your personality, they know you're going to take care of them, and I think that's another um, aspect of small towns is you have that personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with people. There's a perseverance in rural people that I don't think a lot of urban people understand because they have to make ends meet where they are. They can't just drive five minutes to the local Target store or Hy-Vee store or whatever and pick something up. And this is their town, and everybody pulls together, and everybody has to work together to make everything go. And it isn't just up to a city council or a mayor or, I mean, everybody has to have a role in this if they want to see their town survive. And I've seen good things happen. I've seen bad things happen growing up there. And yes, it went through a rough patch in within the last 30 years, but I was just thrilled to death when I when I went back there and just saw everything that's happening and the confidence and the people who are making that happen. I go home for holidays mostly, try to visit several times a year. It's tough to get back, you know, when you're busy, you work, you have kids and all that sort of thing, but there's a calm that kind of comes over you when you do, like, oh yeah, I'm back home. And growing up on an acreage, I look out the window and see the fields and I see the barn and the animals that 
are out there and uh, I'm like, why did I not appreciate this growing up? Because you go back to that and you're like, oh, I would love to have this again. But that's not the way it is. And I think it just makes you appreciate it more. Driving down the Lincoln Highway on her way back home to Des Moines, Jody is reminded of a fitting saying as she takes one more look at Clarence in her rearview mirror. Tough times don't last, tough communities do. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the Successful Farming Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You'll want to stay tuned in for more episodes in this series and other projects coming soon from Successful Farming. I'm your host, Natalina Sentz. Special thanks to David Ekstrom for his production work. And a big thank you to the Successful Farming editors, Gil Gullickson, Jody Hankey, Dave Kearns, and Betsy Fries for sharing their hometown experiences in this series. For photos, videos, and to read Jody's hometown story, visit agriculture.com slash Clarence.